Mr. Seastrom, could we start off with you saying your position with the Indiana Forest Alliance? I'm a volunteer. And were you present over this past week when the logging bids came in? It's my understanding that there was quite a protest outside of Yellowwood. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was actually a pretty big event. In the past, there have been other logging protests at the same venue, but 10 to maybe a dozen people would show up. And what's happened now is because of the way they've changed logging, it dramatically increased the rate or how they're doing. It's evident to a lot of people that they're turning our wild state forests into industrial tree farms. And so there were some 250 people. That's an estimate. We're not, we don't actually know the hard numbers. And we're not talking about young hippies and animal costumes. We're talking about mature adults who come from a wide variety of backgrounds who are all deeply concerned. And it's my understanding that there was a bid put forward for $150,000 that the state rejected because they didn't have a license to bid on timber sales in the state. The state ended up taking that bid for $108,000. And I was wondering, do you have a, a, an opinion as to that? It was a flooring manufacturer from southern Indiana that offered that bid. And that bid was $150,000 to lease those 300 acres for the next 100 years to preserve it. And he was turned down because the DNR, first of all, they want you to manage the property. So if you went a bid and you have 18 months of log, if you do not complete the logging, they resell the timber 18 months later. So that's already been tried in the past. But this is different. This is a, a private concern. And his whole issue is, as a wood product manufacturer, he can't even buy Indiana timber. It's all going to China. It's being shipped to China in uh, shipping containers and whole logs. So it comes back to the United States as a finished product, and all those jobs are lost. Now, that was a legitimate offer, and they turned it down out of hand because it didn't qualify in their management practices and also uh, the technicality that he was not a licensed timber buyer. So if I can ask, what comes next for the Forest Alliance? We are developing a strategy where we are canvassing in Indianapolis, in Brown County. We're knocking on people's doors. We're informing them. The amount of support that we're getting is overwhelming. We're asking people to put, we've just printed up another thousand yard signs that ask people to call the governor and halt this timber sale, which he can do. And basically, we're just going to hammer contacting your representatives and the governor and ask them to halt this sale. One of the things about this backcountry that's really relevant to the whole story is the fact that the backcountry itself, which was set aside by Governor Orr in 1981 as a preserve, with very limited logging, okay? It was understood that this is a, a pristine, special area that needs to go in perpetuity for all Hoosiers to enjoy. It represents 1.7% of all the state forests. So we have 13 state forests, and this is just 1.7%, but it represents 50% of the old growth in all of the state forests. So this is this is a premium area. I mean, this isn't just some patch in the woods somewhere. This is 
uh, an area that's really special. And it was recognized, like I say, by not only Bob Orr, but also Doc Bowen, who reinforced that when he became governor later. The other thing is that the IFA has been involved in a four-year study called the EcoBlitz, in which scientists from all over the Midwest who are experts in their field have been doing a baseline study of an inventory of all living things in the forest. So to target one of our study areas, now, mind you now, we pull permits for each and every study, so the DNR is fully aware of all of this. But to target this area, and especially right in the heart of our study, it's vindictive. It's the DNR, it's Jack Seifert, the head of the Department of Forestry, flexing his muscles. So part of the emphasis is to make it known that this is just a very special area and that the DNR is doing this for reasons other than forest management. And what were some of the results of that EcoBlitz study? The identification of almost 4,000 plant and animal species, including several rare and endangered, like the pygmy shrew. It's one of the smallest mammals on the planet. It's about the size of a bumblebee. And it takes a mature, undisturbed forest to have an environment that it can survive in. And they found pygmy shrews, they found smoky shrews, they found cerulean warblers, Indiana bats, rattlesnakes. All of these creatures are either on the federally endangered species list or they're on the protected list in Indiana. And all of these creatures either demand an undisturbed forest or highly benefit from being in an undisturbed forest. The other thing is, the way the DNR is logging now is it's highly mechanized. So they come in with these giant machines called cellar bunchers and giant skidding machines, and these things have enormous tires, and they churn up the forest floor, which totally degrades the plant life and the mycelium that exists in the forest floor. And doing so, these machines arrive covered in mud from the previous tract, and they are spreading invasive Japanese stilt grass. And once Japanese stiltgrass makes its way into a forest area, it's almost impossible to control, and it completely dominates all the other plants, wiping out the native plant species. You had mentioned that the Forest Alliance is encouraging people to call the governor's office. When does that need to be completed by? When are you expecting to hear anything from the governor's office? Well, that's a, that's a good question. He was interviewed on Channel 6 News. Uh, two nights before the timber sale last Thursday. And his statement at that time was that nothing has been decided. Now, even if the timber buyer ends up uh, fulfilling his end of the contract, and uh, he had 14 days from the day of the sale to pay his money, and theoretically at that point he could then begin the process of logging. But up until the moment that they begin logging, the governor can always reverse the process and return the money to this uh, timber buyer. So we're urging people to continue to call until Governor Holcomb makes a decision on this. And then if the sale goes through, our mission is to continue to work for legislation to protect at least 10% of our state forests, which frankly is in the mandate of the Department of Natural Resources and they have chosen not to follow it. And then just one little point about Hamilton Logging Company. This is a company that's pretty well known in Brown County because they've been involved in a couple of legal actions about 
seven years ago. They were charged with felony theft and not following best management practices. That case was active for two years, and eventually the then-prosecutor, Jim Oliver, then dropped the charges because he couldn't prove intent. But then a property owner hired Hamilton Logging to log her property, and they tore it up so egregiously that she won a $75,000 settlement in court. Because they did, their amount of remediation was reduced to 55000 So the very people who have been charged with doing this logging in this most special area have a checkered past, and that's a matter of deep concern. Dave Seastrom with the Indiana Forest Alliance as a volunteer, thank you very much for speaking with us. Well, thank you very much.